podcast of sermons by Pastor Charles St. Ange, LCMS missionary in Montreal, Quebec, and the Caribbean. Grace, mercy, and peace be with you this Thanksgiving Sunday. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. Thanksgiving, especially Canadian Thanksgiving, might be one of the most plain vanilla of all of the holidays that we have. Thanksgiving doesn't have all of the hype that Christmas does. The toys and the carols and the 30 days of Hallmark Channel Christmas movie romances and the TV specials and all of the giddy anticipation. Or the joy of Easter, the candy and the parties and the Easter egg hunts and the chocolates and the big dinners and the candy and the chocolates and the candy not to mention at least one extra day off, in some cases, even two. Halloween gets an entire aisle, if not two, at Dollarama, sock full of all sorts of things. And we get special stores that open up in all of these vacant uh, buildings all around our towns. And Valentine's Day, well, kind of the same at Dollarama, except instead of things that scare you like spiders, we have all of the hearts and all of those decorations. But Thanksgiving, well, you get fall leaves and some decorations like that, maybe a couple of cute looking scarecrows. In the US, it's Turkey Day and football. But it's kind of a holiday that would leave you saying, like my my young nephew would say, meh. (laughs) And when I first looked at the readings for today, if today hadn't been Thanksgiving Sunday and it had been the 21st Sunday after Pentecost, I said, well, these are kind of plain vanilla readings too. The Isaiah reading, the great mountain text, is one that we get several times during the year. We often hear it at funerals as well. It's one of those texts that you can read and say, yeah, I've I've heard that before. The great mountain, God's going to set a feast. There's going to be food and death will be swallowed up forever. Or Philippians, which is also a text that we hear over and over again. Rejoice in the Lord always. Again, I say rejoice, which when I first read it seemed kind of Pollyanna in our circumstances as we get through to the end of 2020 and wonder what shoe could there possibly be left to drop. It even has the text that is familiar from our sermon dismissals. The peace of God, which passes all understanding, guard your hearts and minds in Christ Jesus. And then there's the gospel reading, the wedding banquet text, which again is one of those texts that we've probably heard over and over and over again throughout our Christian lives. So what do we do with these plain vanilla texts and this plain vanilla holiday in a year that has been anything but plain vanilla. I had a really good chuckle and laugh the other day as I scrolled through my Facebook feed and I saw this company selling t-shirts that said, 2020, one star out of five, do not recommend. The pandemic, hurricanes already named through Delta. I hope we don't run out of Greek letters before the end of the season growing strife south of the border and even some of it showing up here in our own country, economic issues, people losing work, losing businesses, even murder hornets. We don't wanna ever forget the murder hornets. To say nothing, if we shrink down to a personal scale to 
personal sadnesses and setbacks and illnesses and all of the things that have happened to us that don't make the front page of the Washington Post or the National Post or the Ottawa Citizen or the Montreal Gazette. The thing is, though, if you look carefully at each of these texts hidden underneath them, you will see all these things. Texts that are addressed to people living through pandemics and murder hornets and contested elections and Greek-lettered hurricanes. Paul writes to the Philippians that he knows how to be brought low. And there probably is no one on this call that was ever or has ever been brought as low as Paul was. Chained to dungeon walls, beaten within an inch of his life, all for proclaiming the name of Christ. Or Isaiah, who says that the Lord will swallow up death forever. Or Jesus, talking about troops coming and destroying murderers and burning their city and about weeping and gnashing of teeth. Invitations to banquet with the Lord, to come and to give thanks in all things, to anticipate the great mountain are really chewy texts, not plain vanilla at all. And when I first read these texts and said, oh, right, it's Thanksgiving, we have the, the other texts that we always read, I realized, no, these are the texts we need right now. These are the words that have been set on the table before us to chew on in 2020 on Thanksgiving. This is the meaty word from the Lord that we need this year right now. Just look at our gospel text. What could be more plain vanilla than a wedding banquet? I mean, yes, we all know famous movies and TV shows where wedding banquets turn into disasters, but generally wedding banquets are pretty state affairs. Everybody comes in, everybody eats their meal, there's some toast, there's some dancing, and then everybody goes home. Luke's recounting of the wedding banquet parable is in fact very plain vanilla. Matthew's is not. Now that could be because Luke just omitted some of the details. I don't think that's the case. I think it's more likely that Matthew recorded another telling of this parable where the point was much more, pardon the pun, pointy. First of all, we have these disturbing circumstances around the wedding banquet. Now you have to remember how wedding banquets worked back in middle age times. First, you sent out an invitation to see how many people were going to come. That's already happened. That's background to this parable. The king knows how many fatted calves to kill, how much yam to cook, how many pies to bake. Once everything is ready, then you send out the reminder to everybody that, hey, you said you're coming to the wedding banquet. The feast is now ready. And it's here that we start getting the responses. Well, I know I said I was going to come, but I've got a field to go and look after, I've got business I've got to take care of. And as if that isn't bad enough, you've got people that outright beat and kill the people who are simply reminding them of their earlier commitment to come to the wedding banquet. We have a great many people in our societies that are very much like this when we invite them to come to the great wedding banquet of the Lord. 
I don't need your banquet anyway. Who wants to go and feast with God when we've got everything we need already out here? 2020 might be the one year where we can try and grab people's attention and show them how little they actually have and how much they actually do need the banquet that the Lord provides to give. Certainly there are people out there, Steven Pinker comes to mind if you've ever heard his name, who are trotting around or were before, of course, air travel started to shut down, telling people even here in Montreal about how society is doing great. We're evolving ever onward and upward. Everything will be wonderful, especially once we get rid of Christianity. Then there will be peace. To these people, the ones who beat the servants and ignore the invitation to the banquet, Jesus has a warning. What you have will be taken away from you. It can be taken away in mundane ways that the Lord allows to happen, whether it's a pandemic whether it is rising sea levels, whether it's an asteroid from space, whatever it might be, the Lord has all sorts of means that he can use to show people that the things they think they have are very fleeting and do not last. Then we have the people that actually do show up at the wedding banquet, and amongst them is somebody who does not have his wedding garment. These are the people that think God should be so blessed to have them in his presence. Look, Lord, I showed up for church. Aren't you lucky that I came this morning? Aren't you blessed to have me at your altar? Aren't you lucky and fortunate that such a wonderful person as I would choose to come into your presence on this particular day? To them, Jesus also has a message. We're the ones blessed to be in his presence and not the other way around. This whole parable is, by the way, a foreshadowing of the end of Matthew's gospel and the last word that Jesus has to his people, which is the Great Commission. Go, therefore, and make disciples of all nations by clothing them in a wedding garment, baptizing them in the name of the Father, Son, and Holy Spirit, and teaching them to listen to the servants when they come. We, as the Christian church, continue to invite people to come to the wedding banquet. And the reality is many people are not only gonna refuse the invitation, but they will treat you shamefully for even suggesting that they come. Those people will find their city destroyed and all the things on which they had pinned their hopes taken away from them. And boy, they won't like it. I don't wanna to have to wear a mask. I don't wanna to have to wash my hands. I don't wanna to have to change the way I live. I wanna be able to keep things the way they always were. And God says, well, too bad. Because the things that are, aren't all that great. And you haven't repented of the damage that you've caused others and yourself. Other people are going to try and get in without their baptismal wedding gown. And they're going to find that they too are cast outside. But there will be others. Because even in the parable, there are others who realize they have not only been called to the wedding banquet, but they have been chosen by Christ. They realize coming to the wedding banquet that they weren't supposed to be eating turkey and stuffing and turnips. They didn't really deserve to eat anything at all. Not even the crumbs left at the end of the dinner. 
And yet here they find themselves at the banquet of the Lord, where death is swallowed up forever, where there is rejoicing always. And again, I say rejoicing. And so when I was first preparing this service a couple of weeks ago, and I went to change the readings back to the readings for normal Thanksgiving, I said, you know, I think these are the texts we actually need to hear this particular Thanksgiving. I have learned in whatever situation I am to be content. I know how to be brought low and I know how to abound. In any and every circumstance, I have learned the secret of facing plenty and hunger, abundance and need. I can do all things through him who strengthens me. The Lord will swallow up the covering that is cast over all peoples, the veil that is spread over all nations. He will swallow up death forever. And the Lord God will wipe away tears from all faces and the reproach of his people he will take away from all the earth for the Lord has spoken. And so dear Christian brothers and sisters, whether you're here in Canada celebrating Thanksgiving and talking about these coming winter storms, or you're down in the Virgin Islands or the Caymans where a winter storm just means a little bit more rain than usual, wherever you might be, rejoice in the Lord always. And by prayer and supplication with thanksgiving, let your request be made known to God. You have been called and chosen. Your wedding garments are on and the banquet of God's forgiving grace in his word has been set. Therefore, let us keep the feast together. In the name of Jesus Christ. Amen. If you'd like to learn more, visit intheway.org. Thank you for listening, and God bless your week.